to be on uh, arriving and settling into the retreat. So it can take some time for our minds and our bodies to arrive in one and the same place. So your body might be here, but your mind might still be spinning around uh, with the, the, uh, all the activity of getting here, all the things that you've left behind at home. And uh, it's sort of like a train pulling into the station and, and the, the carriage is sort of coming in behind it. And it, ta- it takes time for everything to, to, come to come to stillness. So to really encourage a lot of patience with that. And also you know, recognising that some of you may have crossed time zones to get here. In fact, are there maybe how many people have crossed uh, more than one time zone to get here? Okay, so not many. So, uh, All right, so there's no excuse then. <laughs> Except for us. Except for me and Chris. So Kinchino's a little more acclimatised. So... Um. So this, this task of uh, arriving fully, uh, gathering and settling ourselves, and even if you haven't crossed many time zones, we've probably all stepped out of busy lives and are carrying a certain amount of tiredness and sleepiness can be an issue on the first day of retreat. So to be very patient uh, with that circumstance. So... One of the images I like to use for the settling of the mind is, is uh, the sense of a muddy pond or muddy water. And if we keep poking around and stirring around in it, then the mud continues to churn. And actually what we have to do to allow the mud to settle and the water to clarify is to kind of stay still within it or stop, stop stirring it. So today is a, is a kind of finely tuned balance of uh, stepping out of doing into non-doing. Now in mindfulness-based approaches, we often kind of uh, distinguish between a doing mode of mind, sometimes uh, called a driven doing mode of mind, and the being mode of mind. And the movement today is from the, the driven, driven doing sort of mode to just letting ourselves, letting things uh, be as they are so that the, the mind can start to settle and clarify and there's the prospect of seeing with more uh, clarity, more understanding into the patterns and the habits that uh, drive our lives and uh, get us and other people and those we work with um, caught in cycles of, of distress and suffering. Of course, one of the things that we come up against that we swiftly realise is that the mind is driven by a lot of habitual tendencies and preoccupations. And so um, it it takes, again, time and patience uh, to both become aware of these and allow ourselves to step out of them. And our chief ally in this process of, of settling, arriving and stepping out of the habitual tendencies of the mind is the body, which um, is both in uh, mindfulness-based applications, usually the first thing that we turn our attention to, and also in the um, traditional teachings of early Buddhism on mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta that we'll be talking a lot about over the coming days. The body is the first 
uh, foundation and ground of uh, the practice of mindfulness where we're invited to bring and to gather our attention. Uh, there's a simile in the early teachings that I, I like very much where the six senses, so the uh, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body and the mind, which is the sixth sense in the uh, traditional uh, Buddhist psychological map, um, are likened to six wild animals, each with a different uh, natural habitat and terrain. And when there's no firmly established mindfulness in the body, all these different animals are, are as if they're all roped together and each one is pulling the others in the direction of its habitat. So the crocodile's trying to get back to the marsh and the monkey to the forest. And I can't remember now what all the di different animals are, the jackal to the, to the town and so forth. The serpent... The serpent. <laughs> the serpent to the termite mound and the eagle up into the sky and so forth. And, uh, you know, we feel ourselves constantly kind of pulled one way and the other with our attention. And it's said that when we manage to establish a, a clear sense of mindfulness in the body, it's as if these animals have all been tied, each one, to one firm, stout post, which if you plant it into the ground the animals they can't pull one another in different directions and they gradually get tired and quietened down and this is kind of what we're doing as we divest some of our attention from from um, the external things from the the realm of our preoccupations with past and future and actually start to bring more of our attention invest reinvest that energy that attention into into the body so that's what I'd really like to encourage us to be doing on our, in our practice today. And it's really a case of, of feeling and sensing our way into the body, into presence. Um, and this creates an opportunity, as I say, to divest energy from uh, the activities of thinking. Maybe the mind starts to quieten a little Maybe we find some gaps between our thoughts and we also get more perspective on our mental processes. But uh, maybe even as important or more important, and we all alluded this to this last night as well, as the what of what we pay attention to is the how we pay attention and I'd really like to encourage uh, a focus on two aspects of this today. Uh, the first being curiosity, that you let yourself have a, a fresh encounter with your experience um, in each moment, if possible. So uh, I notice, you know, the more, the more years for which I've been practicing, and many of you have been meditating probably for many years, or uh, at least regularly for some time, we can get kind of habitual about what we're doing. So we, we don't do our sort of running around everyday habit, but we just switch on our meditation habit instead. And we sort of plonk ourselves on the cushion and then just go into meditation mode. And there can be a kind of lack of brightness to the awareness of that and, and a lot that we still miss. So really encouraging you to be, bring a fresh, open-minded curiosity 
to each moment, you know, what's, what's actually happening right now for you? Where is the attention right now? You're hearing my voice, what, what else is going on? You know, how much attention is there with my voice? What's, what's foremost in awareness? And that there's no right experience to be having within all of this, but the, our task is just to, to know and to meet and to learn to respond skillfully to what's manifesting here now for us. So curiosity is one thing to encourage. And the second is the attitude of friendliness. Uh, different words in this regard resonate for some of us. So friendliness might be a concept or a, a sense that you can really relate to. Some, some of us sometimes like to talk about loving awareness. That might kind of warm you up and inspire you, or you might find that completely off-putting. Uh, so acceptance or um, simply non-judgment as well. But the, what, what is the attitude that I'm bringing to my efforts, my endeavours, and to, to meeting my experience moment to moment? So something um, I'd really like to encourage. So these two things, curiosity and friendliness, in whatever way you want to frame that. And then there are, there are different ways, of course, of bringing attention to the body. So the theme for today and possibly beyond today will be um, directing attention to the body. And there are many ways that we can do this. So one that's probably familiar to lots of us is, is the body scan to uh, sweep the attention through the body, through the different sensations from the top of the head to the soles of the feet or the soles of the feet to the top of the head and just noticing what, it, what presents itself to awareness in, in each of these parts of the body as you go through. You can choose your direction and route around the body. You can choose your speed. So you could spend a whole half hour doing one trip through the body or you can go up and down relatively quickly, sort of wave of wave, repeatedly uh, through the body. There's uh, attending to the breath. So attending to the movement of the breath, maybe the belly, the, the chest area, the nostrils. So I, I'm naming all these things to just um, remind us of the possibilities. And each of you probably already has a go-to um, preferred way of meditating. So I don't want to be overly prescriptive of how you should be attending to the body. Just naming, naming some of the possibilities here. So that the breath can be a very um, soothing and uh, supportive um, place, way of anchoring attention in the body. And we emphasize letting that just be a very natural process of breathing. We're not this, this, these forms of meditation are not about breath control or anything like that. Another way is to uh, have touch points in the body that you choose to attend to. So, for example, the soles of the feet on the floor, especially if you're sitting on a chair, your bottom on the cushion, areas of contact with the ground and so forth, a particular place in the body that is easy and comfortable for you to rest your attention or to cycle between two or three touch points. So feeling the feet, feeling the, the buttocks, feeling the hands, maybe the face. 
sometimes what I like to do is to sense the whole body and even the space around it. Even to sense the body kind of beyond the periphery of the skin and include an awareness of sense of space around the body. That can be very nice if the attention feels a little bit kind of cramped. And then also just to name uh, another possibility, and this, strictly speaking, really falls within the domain of, of uh, still the first foundation of mindfulness, is although we in mindfulness-based applications, we tend to talk about it as a se separate practice, but to bring awareness to sound and to hearing. So sound is still part of the physical embodied experience uh, in, this, in this first foundation in the uh, original teachings. But especially if your body is, is uh, not a helpful or restful place for you to anchor attention um, at this time, then it may be that sound is something that you can, you can use as a focus in your meditation. So in a, in a little while, I'll offer some, some guidance, some instructions, and at different times during the day, there'll be some, some instructions and some just reminders within the meditation. And they're really suggestions for you to play with. Um, I find that having somebody guiding a live meditation supports a sense of curiosity. And, uh, you know, it's not just the the tape that I always play, either my own tape that I always play inside my head or the, the guidance that I always listen to when I'm meditating. And that can, that can spark a sense of meeting some aspect of experience afresh that can be really helpful. And then we'll have some periods that it will just be quiet and you can use for more self-guided practice. But what I would really suggest is that you, um, whatever you choose it to be, that you decide, you, ma you make a clear intention for how you're going to be meditating, um, that you choose a, a home base, if you like, for uh, resting attention, something connected with these different ways of being with the body that I've, that I've named. It's so maybe a moving base, like Know, sweeping through the body, or it may be a reference point around the breath or something, because that will really help the mind to gather and settle and for this sense of collectedness and clarifying to happen. And as we do that, inevitably, we'll notice the shenanigans and the meanderings of the mind and how the attention is prone to uh, jump around from one place to another and then that's just, a, it's a win-win situation as far as I'm concerned because we're, we're either uh, watching the mind settle or we're learning about uh, the vagaries and the habits of the, and the inclinations of the mind. So just, you know, noticing what's happening with your mind from, from time to time and reorienting yourself towards what you intended to be doing towards this, this home base this resting place for attention that is something that, that um, is of interest or feels easeful, natural to you. So I want this to be an enjoyable activity. Um, and as we do this, sort of bringing a, a gentle and kindly sort of persistence to it. So a lot of the work of the retreat or of retreats is also about finding a balance of 
effort. And it doesn't actually take a huge amount of energy or effort to notice, to pay attention. Although we can feel by the end of a day of practice on retreat that we've been working hard and we're completely exhausted. Uh, this is also true. But uh, actually, the effort is a very light sort of effort that we bring to this. But the quality of persistence is really helpful. So we want to practice in a way that is sustainable through the whole day, through the, the changing postures and activities and so forth. Um, and that way we will we'll build up a, a continuity of mindfulness, of presence of mind that is really uh, supportive in this practice. And just to say a, um, a, few, a few things about posture, actually. Um, and uh, I was talking with a, a dear member of staff here who has a background in dance about how to, how to talk about posture in meditation. And he was, he was saying how actually it's almost like you can enact what you want to bring to your meditation. So we often talk about sitting upright and with dignity. But what, what's it, what does it feel like to actually act dignified right now? If you had to explain to a young child or to a Martian what it meant to be dignified, can you just do dignified right now? <coughs> so if I, if I ask myself to sit in a, in a dignified way, I notice that the spine straightens a little bit. There's more space in my chest, in my lungs. I actually feel there's a bit more, I've got a bit more backbone and a bit more capacity to be with uh, what's happening. So we don't necessarily have to be feeling these things initially, but we can make these suggestions to the mind and actually play with embodying them. There's a a lovely word in Pali, uh, the language of the early Buddhist teachings that we'll be referring to a lot, which is Uju, U-J-U, and it comes up in lots of sort of key places about how to practice. So the classical description of how to practice sitting meditation or mindfulness of breathing is you go and you sit cross-legged and under a tree and you set the body uju upright. It also comes at the beginning of the, the teaching on loving kindness or boundless friendliness, what a person should do if they want to live a skillful, uh, peaceful and happy life. They need to be uju suhuju, uju and really uju. And so it's got this sense of just not just um, a physical posture, but a kind of stance of integrity, of dignity and of ethical uprightness. So it gives a sort of quality of self-respect. So can you embody a quality of self-respect? The other place it comes up is in the description of a good disciples of the Buddha, always described as practicing uju, uju, uju practices. Uh, practicing. I think sometimes it, they say it gets translated as practice directly, but it's the same sense of uju. How am I engaging with this? So you can play at being uju, and then um, also in terms of friendliness, this quality that I'm saying we should be helpful to focus on. It's like sometimes I like to play with giving myself a smile. You know, if you give me a smile now, what does that do to how you're feeling right now? 
just enact a smile. You maybe have all sorts of different moods going on, but if you can find just a little bit of energy to enact a smile internally, I notice for me there's a sense of brightening in the mind. More energy comes. It's actually quite difficult to think miserable thoughts whilst one's smiling. I sometimes wonder whether that's why people in sunny and climates and the sun sort of makes, elicits a smile in the face and the people seem to be in better humours. So I know it's a bit kind of grey out there today, but you could pretend you're on a sunny beach or something. So again, this is, we, can, we can bring this into the meditation. Or related to the attitude of friendliness is the attitude of caring. Another thing I like to do is to really um, feel what my hands are doing. So just noticing where your hands happen to be at the moment. Maybe one is holding or touching the other. Maybe they're resting on your legs in your lap. What happens if you um, suggest with your hands an attitude of caring? How do you convey that in touch? And what's the body's and the mind's response to that? So for me, there's a sense of, of softening, of tenderness, and also a, a, a feeling of reassurance or connection that comes through that. Because I can use all these, all these ways of um, gesturing with the body that really support a certain, certain um, frame of mind. And of course, this is a, a feedback loop, isn't it? So the, the mind, we can see already how the mind and the body are constantly interacting and at play with one another. And so we can use the body to intervene uh, with the mind just as much as the mind in, impacts the body. So I'd encourage us also during the sittings and also in the between times to just check in from time to time you know, what's, the, what's the attitude in the mind right now and how's that showing up in the body? Or as we check in the bod- with the body, how is what we're doing with the body impacting the mind? It's a really interesting uh, way to bring a sense of um, aliveness engagement into the practice. Okay, so we should probably do some meditation now. Um, if you want to stand and have a, have a little stretch, please feel welcome to do that. You can unfold and refold your body in a way that supports you for meditation. You might want to have a little shake.
So slowly finding your way into a stable sitting posture or kneeling if you're kneeling on a cushion or a bench. And arranging the body in a way that gives you a, a stable rooted base. So as much uh, of the body in contact with the, the seat and the floor as possible. So you might want support under your knees if your knees don't reach the ground, if you're cross-legged. And this sense of uprightness, which isn't a stiff uprightness, but a, a relaxed sense of poise and balance. And we'll have some time later in the day where we, we can... Um, offer you some individual assistance with posture if you have questions and so on. But for now, just adopting your, your good enough meditation posture for the next 25 minutes or so, 20, 25 minutes. And you can allow the eyes to just soften their gaze or gently to close if that's comfortable for you. Foregrounding this sense of friendly curiosity to begin with, without trying to do anything or make anything happen, just noticing what's here right now. Feeling, sensing how the body is arranged in space. Sense of the space around you and the presence of other people in the room. the comings and goings of sounds nearby and further away. The mood or the 
the flavor, the weather pattern of the mind just now. As best you can, allowing experience to be just what it is in this moment. Beginning to let the sensations of body sitting on earth come into the foreground of attention, the foreground of awareness. the mind become receptive to that dimension of experience. Sensing where the body is in contact with the ground, the chair or the cushion. Dropping the attention into the lower areas of the body and really feeling the support of the earth underneath us.
resting into receiving that support. And slowly letting the attention weave its way up through the body. Through the trunk. Allowing any tightness to soften under the touch of your awareness as far as it will. Moving the awareness through the shoulders and the arms and the hands. Softening the hands. And through the neck and head and face. Being aware of sensations in the face and allowing the face to soften. Even the eyes and the backs of the eyes. Maybe for a moment having a sense of holding the whole body in awareness. The whole body gently pulsing with the movement of the breath. 
rising and expanding with the in-breath. Settling, releasing with the out-breath. Savoring the sensations of breathing. Noticing how they appear to you, where and how the movement of the breath is being felt.
noticing if the mind naturally starts to settle with a particular bit of the breath experience. If there's something somewhere that functions as a as a natural resting place for your attention that feels good to come back to when you notice that the mind has wandered. Or it may be that you slowly want to keep weaving your attention through the body and just really starting to be receptive and open to the different changing sensations of the different parts of the body. So we'll continue practicing together in silence for a few minutes and just choosing how you use that time to really let the attention gather and settle and inhabit this living, breathing body.
And just checking in what's happening right now. with a sense of friendly curiosity. And as we come to the end of this sitting, just receiving the whole body-mind in awareness. Sitting, kneeling, standing. The sense of dignity and appreciation for yourself, for this effort, for this practice. the sound of the bell (coughs) wash through you, continue to invite you into a sense of presence.
for your practice and your attention. Good, take a stretch. <coughs> Make sure all is still here. So the schedule says walking meditation right now, and um, there's a few things different for walking meditation than for sitting. Uh, sitting offers us maximum stillness, no motor movement, uh, generally closed eyes, indoor conditions. Um, all this helps to foster a sense of stability, minimum sensory impingement. Now, this is different for walking. Um, you're moving, so you have motor, motor sensory impressions. You um, probably have your eyes open. I would definitely recommend having your eyes open when you walk around. Um, did you know the development of brain actually comes about with uh, motility? So, um, as soon as it starts moving, it generally has a brain, okay? Speaking in evolutionary development. So, you will need other parts of your brain, basically. Those other parts of the brain will provide sensory impingement, and that means you have more input going on. So, the sense of cultivation when you do walking is less one of stability and more one of fluidity. In many ways, our walking meditation situation resembles our everyday lives a lot more than our sitting meditation situation. Yeah. This is laboratory condition. Um, um, walking around or walking up and down, to be more precise, is much more close to the uh, situations outside of a meditation retreat. While in sitting, the primary focus is on a somatic dimension of experience, so breath, posture, or sweeping. Uh, for walking, the primary focus is again in the body, but this time uh, suggestion is to pay attention to the shift of sensation in your feet as your feet walk, as your feet take weight, as your feet move, carry weight, roll, lift. Um, you have a shifting sensation, a flow of small sh sensations in both of your feet and the suggestion is that you pay attention to this as your primary focus. Yeah. Meditation is, um, we can't just drop from a state of doing into a state of being. Yeah. As nice as this sounds in theory, in practice this doesn't work. When we just stop doing what we usually do, basically, we keep doing what we habitually do. Yeah? We default on some other activity. So, if we want to shift from a state of doing into a state of being, usually that, that means wiggling. You know, wiggling us out of our habitual doing into more skillful types of doing, into slowing down doing, into less doing, into doing different things. So, if you just try to drop into a state of being, you're probably, um, you're probably su surprised that this doesn't just happen. We can't just flip the switch. So, meditation, I think, is best understood as a task. 
Yeah. So meditative culture begins with uh, taking authorship for attentional focus. Okay. Re reclaiming territory back from habit patterns, automatic pilots, uh, autobiographic rumination, um, you know, fairly simply based pleasure-seeking, avoidance of our discomfort, you know, the, the usual sort of stuff we, we all encounter when we meditate. Generally, it's best helped if we give ourselves clear attentional tasks. So think of meditative exercises beginning with basically a reassignment of attentional tasking. Okay, So attentional tasking when sitting, uh, very much in the spirit of uh, Jaya, body. Yeah. Acknowledging body, inhabiting body, visiting body, um, being curious, being inquisitive, respectfully probing into, moving around. Um, already this makes us more alive, yeah? finding a way back into curiosity. The mother of attention is curiosity. Okay? If we're not curious, uh, forget attention. Yeah? If you think you know it, or you have it, or that's it, or it's not going to change, or you can't do anything about it, that's it. Yeah? We're cooked. Yeah? So we need to find a way back into curiosity. And then attention will follow where our curiosity goes. So in walking meditation, um, follow that curiosity into the feet. Most important thing for walking meditation is you make it out to the walking meditation path. Okay? <laughs> walking meditation is not a walk. It doesn't lead you into your room. It doesn't lead you to the tea station. Yeah? It leads you onto a patch of territory that has a very clear beginning and a very clear ending. So don't try to be original, you know, eights or dodica eaters or, you know, long distance walks. So you'll never arrive, okay? So on a walking meditation path, you'll never arrive. Whatever has to happen has to happen along the way, okay? Most of the time when we walk, we walk from A to B. We want to get somewhere. We, if, unless you're enjoying going for a walk, you generally don't want to be where you are. You know, you're walking up a flight of stairs or you're walking over to the bus stop. Or, you know, that's very, very different with walking meditation. It doesn't reward you at the end. Okay? There's no reward at the end of your walking meditation path. Uh, that takes some getting used to. So be precise in handling the craft of walking meditation. So you need a patch, something between 10 and 15 meters, um, indoors or outdoors, if you can at all, if you're able-bodied and uh, have the gear, go out. You know, it, it just does something to your system. The shift of space shifts something in the perceptual world. This is very helpful. Then you need a clear beginning and a clear end and a commitment. So. I generally do a kind of task commitment. So you have a plan A. This is your meditative anchor, cultivating attentional continuity on whatever you have chosen to be the focus of your attention. In this case, I suggest feet and the sensation in your feet. Okay, you do that. Plan B kicks in when you notice you're doing something else. Okay, as we know, most of meditation exercise is actually not 
basking in blissful, relaxed, open being states, but most of meditation exercises finding out it doesn't quite work that way. Yeah? And taking the humiliation that it doesn't work that way and being willing, humbly, to clamber back and go back for, to task A. Okay? Task B is your willingness to intervene when your mind does something else than what you have agreed with yourself. Now it's important that plan B is in place. Plan B protects plan A. Okay? If plan B is not in place and you're just waiting till thinking stops, um, chances are this will be a really long path for you. Yeah? So there has to be something in place that is willing to say, oh, ah, I'm actually not not doing what I had agreed to do with myself. I need to intervene and gently or in a sort of motherly, resolute way or friendly or kind of bring up the notion, ah, there was something, feet, <laughs> sensation, beginning, end, posture. I'm here. This is planet Earth. You know, I'm on retreat. This kind of thing. And then you continue. Um, to just... Um, uh, continue on the theme of Jaya with Uju. The, there is actually more to Uju than, than she has mentioned. There is also a beautiful a notion of um, the, a wholesome practice. Part of the project of cultivating merit, actually, is the, the rectification of one's own understanding. It's called Dit Uju Kama. So, in other words, the straightening out of one's views. Okay? So if you notice that your attentional focus has wandered off the, the agreed-upon task, you need to do some rectifications, okay? You need to straighten that out. You need to return that as another type of practicing uju. Yeah. So, good luck. Um, we'll meet back in here at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Thank you. And if you have uh, a phone which you are willing to give up, please... If the basket is gone, I'll take it to the office and make sure that you'll get it back in a few days, so don't worry about it. Um, you can bring your phone to the office anytime after that, okay? <laughs>